0: I will say that while we were in uh, England, um, we were watching a uh, a very charming uh, '90s like coming of age in British indie comedy called like Baji on the Beach. Cool, love uh, it. That was about you know um, a, a, a traditional Indian family's uh, culture clash as they traveled to a, a beach day and uh, set in a single day in Brighton. It was very charming on on London Public Access. And then that ended at Mm -hmm. uh, like 1130 and it immediately switched over to British softcore porn from like 1975 uh, with like anemic looking British women uh, posing for a like nudie mag called like Zounds. The the Fanny. uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, Zounds or, or Fanny Mag. Uh, where Sorry. they were and then they were getting murdered uh, on the time it was it was a very bizarre thing and that was also on british public access television
1: they i think people are more relaxed about that kind of stuff on the continent on is that where no, are that's they not on, the, on the, continent? Continent. the continent they're off the they're off the cont
0: yes off the cont
1: they're up the bracket they're uh,
0: <laughs> down the stream
1: <laughs> um that sounds great
0: it was uh, yeah weird both both yeah uh, do recommend Baji on the beach and also the Fannyland Murders or whatever it was called.
1: Sounds magazine. Uh, anyway. a magazine with pictures. It'll make you go sounds. <laughs> sounds. That's a woman. Yes. Is that how you?
0: Is it? Z- Zunes, take a gander at that minge. <laughs> Have a look at that bird there. <laughs> she, she got no clothes on. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Uh, are you ready to start? I'm ready.
1: All you need is positivity. Colors of the world. What is that you like?
0: Every boy and every girl. What is that you like? People of the world. What is that you like? Ah. Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing on vocals, it's Mel B. One-fifth of 90s girl power powerhouse, The Spice Girls, Melanie Brown has enjoyed a rich tapestry of a career, singing and dancing all over the world, from stadiums to reality television. But today, we are apparently barely talking about her music career as we examine her tumultuous personal life in and out of stardom through her 2018 memoir, Brutally Honest. Brutally Honest. Now, before we get into this, I have to be brutally honest that the sound quality might be a little different because something has changed. Yes. We're in a new location. Yes. We're in a new apartment. Yes. A wide open loft that is good for our space organization and mental health, but not might not be quite as good for uh, podcast acoustics. We
1: might have to start recording this in the closet.
0: Ooh. And you know what? The, the dang thing is we now have a closet big enough that we could record it.
1: And the, the dang thing is now we have a closet. <laughs> yes, that's also true. I feel like what we had before was sort of an indentation. Yes, and this I would say is fully closed. It's
0: kind of like they fucked up a little corner of the wall, didn't they? In <laughs> yeah, the old apartment, and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll just put a door on this and they call just, it a closet." They just chunked it, and yeah. they were like, "Whoops, uh, whoops. Now whoops! Now this is a closet." Yep. Whoop! There it is. A closet. Hi, Molly. It's Hi. been a while since yeah. we podcasted. Yeah. It's been at least like three weeks or so—three or four weeks—since yes. we laid laid down a new app.
1: Yes. Well, we're back. We're back and, and we're better s- than ever. And we're still popping with this one. Yes, we're still popping. We haven't really crossed genres as it were. Oh, I get.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. We're still doing pop.
1: Oh, yes, we are still popping also. Yes. Yes. A kind
0: of a different flavor of pop. If you want to call uh, Billy a more like a singer songwriter, chanteuse,
1: chanteuse.
0: maybe a, 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 a chanteuse. I probably she'll probably never reach the stage of diva because she doesn't have the voice. Or the range, mm. uh, but you know a, she doesn't
1: have the range. I mean, she
0: kind of just does the one thing. Yeah, duh,
1: duh. Uh, but but that, that that's okay. We did still, an episode yeah, where unpop. we talked about people who didn't have the range, and they're all still okay. Just as an update to uh, Billie
0: Eilish, um, heard "Bad Guy" a lot overseas while I was on tour. Uh, that song's big over in England, but uh, also the just yesterday I saw maybe the most accurate. Uh, Appraisal of Billy Eilish's career, career, which is a tweet from somebody I can't remember who said, uh, "Billy Eilish was activated as soon as Grimes was compromised."
1: I think that's that's exactly it.
0: Uh, yes, you say that uh, Billy fi- fills a Grimes shaped hole. hole in your heart.
1: She scratches a Grimes uh, scented itch in my mm-hmm. tummy. What? <laughs> no. Uh,
0: although I will say that we appreciate Power did, despite the circumstances,
1: slap. It slapped, but I feel like Grimes did such a fantastic job of absolutely tarnishing any kind of goodwill, goodwill that yes. anyone felt toward her, and I felt a ton of goodwill toward Grimes. Yes, she was like my girl, you know, mm-hmm. like liberal. Oh, did she go to college? Was she like a? Did she go to um? What's the Montreal school?
0: Uh, because she's Canadian. McGill.
1: Did she? Was she like a McGill I thought she dropout? Just hold,
0: hold up in a um in like a loft in Montreal with a cop with like a pirated copy of Garage Band until yeah. she produced her first album. Right.
1: We lo- like we stand a self-produced woman always, but the- just like her her recent sort of publicity, yes, <laughs> non-tour yes. just I mean Art Angels f- was one of my favorite albums Art of Angels the year it came out. And the year after it came out, um but uh, I'm gl- I'm glad to have Billy. I'm glad to have Janelle yes. Monet. There are people who are yeah. filling that sort of cyber hole. Grimes
0: threw, <laughs> threw it all away. Threw it all away for the sh- for a shot at the memeing billionaire.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say who wouldn't, but there I, are some people who yes. wouldn't. Because to me, that's just a that's a yuck from me, dog. Yes, very yuck. Not even from the money perspective, but more mm-hmm. just look at that. I'm like, yeah, no. that he's a
0: billionaire and so like really into Rick and Morty memes. <laughs> It's just lame.
1: Yeah. No, it's just. Yeah. uh, You can do better.
0: Yeah. Like Richard Branson. That guy just goes like uh, para jet skiing all the
1: time. Richard Branson is the perfect rich person. Yes. Because he he,
0: at least he seems like he enjoys it.
1: When like if you had a lot of money, what would you do? I mean, like start a record label. Yes. Airplanes, vacation homes, like uh, travel, own, buy an island. Yeah. Start doing extreme sports. Yes. All
0: the American billionaires seem to be like weird, uh, Puritan, uh, self-denying Mouth-breathy,
1: like former hackers turned aggrieved fake studs. Look, if
0: you're a Grimes, get yourself a a Richard Branson. Get
1: yourself a Branson. Yeah. Because then you get that Virgin platform distribution, like you get on all the planes. I think Alaska Air might also be owned by Virgin now. So like, you know, Uh, bi-coastal, tri-coastal.
0: The the Virgin Tesla versus the (laughs) Chad Virgin.
1: <laughs> this is like very uh early heads will understand, but like there's like mid Friends season, uh there was some heavy Richard Branson virgin product placement. Okay, yeah. In the episode where Ross gets married to a British woman named Emily. Like they fly on virgin planes, and I think Richard Branson cameos as a guy selling touristy hats in front of sure. Buckingham Palace I mean, vir- and Hugh wait, Hugh Laurie is in it briefly yes it's yes. just like when fr- like friends British when
0: you make a British production Hugh Laurie just shows he's up just he's there. like hello I come with the production yeah uh, Duh, come with the crew that's
1: just a line item for well, yeah. <laughs> underneath catering d-
0: Branson really does seem like uh the 90s Elon Musk cuz Musk tries to get in movies and shit. He was in like Iron Man 2 and right. stuff playing a playing, you know, uh, another billionaire tech guy. And it's uh it's it's really try hard, but but Richard Branson really seems like he did it right. And it's also funny because it it seems like he spent a lot of the 90s making, you know, Virgin Records and Virgin Planes like, no, this isn't just like the, the hobby of a rich guy. This is a real thing and it's cool and it's edgy. And yeah. now when you ride the fucking trains in England, it's like, "Oh, our public train infrastructure is virgin trains yes (laughs) it's like oh yeah now we make the plumbing here
1: (laughs) virgin virgin lose yes exactly
0: i went to the bathroom in a virgin train bathroom was it virgin it was well it was well used but you know what it was nice (laughs) uh but again uh those trains need to be taken back and renationalized of course uh yes not to make the same joke twice, two different ways, but the Virgin Virgin trains versus the Chad nationalized rail.
1: Yes, <laughs> those are just the two yeah. the two categories. Yeah, I guess of life. Um. Anyway, yeah, you've you've been traveling. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. We're we're at it again. We're talking about Mel B from Spice Girls. Yes. Um. The I mean, Scary Spice. The Scary Spice. Should we talk first about your feelings about uh the Spice Girls and so then maybe I can talk about my feelings about the sure. Spice Girls? Okay.
0: I mean the uh I was very aware of them in the 90s obviously. You uh it, they were unavoidable for about for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. They were uh, in like what 1996 Six? and 7.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh they were unavoidable. They were uh very memeable. They defined a mm. moment of uh consciousness of kind of the uh, uh the one of the cheap pop imports from the kind of cool Britannia period mm-hmm. uh lined up very nicely with things like Austin Powers and shit like that mm-hmm. uh to make this kind of chintzy imported version of uh, of Englishness that even as like a eight year old you could recognize the uh, <laughs> the Times Square touristy version of uh, of English culture yes nature of it and kind of the sheeny uh, uh, on its face false and somewhat idiotic uh, feminism of, like, girl power. Yes. Uh, but that being said, and even though, you know, I was, uh, again, an eight-year-old boy and was p- probably supposed to be like, ooh gross, for girls, lame. I was like, I don't know. These songs are pre- pretty good.
1: They were. Yeah.
0: They're, and uh, they are. Yes. Uh, Wannabe is a, Wannabe, it's, it's hard to deny. It's, it's cr- extremely infectious. It's
1: good maximalist pop. Yes. Man. I think it really
0: helps that it starts with somebody just really shouting at you.
1: Shouting is good. It yeah. brings the tradition of like early nineties house, yeah. like riffs into the mid to late nineties. It does not ease you in. It's
0: immediately like yo, I'll tell you, like <laughs> Yell yo. yes, exactly. I think that aggressiveness to it. I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, still always Lady- good.
1: Ladies are ladies love yelling.
0: A little like CNC music factory, right? Thing. There's a
1: little like Jock Jamsie.
0: Look, it doesn't give you a chance to not like it, it just hit the ground, yeah, 90 miles an hour. It
1: c- carries on the storied rock and roll tradition of nonsense syllables, yeah, you know, womp, womp, loomp, a
0: zig a zig a yeah. What does that mean? I don't
1: know, who knows? But it's provocative,
0: yes, it gets the people going. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like there must have been a billion like late night jokes. I can just imagine Jay Jay Leno being like, zigga zigga. I don't know what that
1: is, but my wife won't do it to me in the bathroom. (laughs) I'm sure every time that these ladies were on late night TV shows, they were always introduced with a sort of like bemused, Fear of just like, these five women from (laughs) England are certainly very loud. Anyway, here's the (laughs) Spice Girls. That just reminds me of the, back a few episodes ago, we were talking about the Vines appearance on, uh, what was it, Leno or Uh, Letterman, Letterman. where he was just like, uh, the kids these days are (laughs) really, (laughs) really wild. They're doing something. They're certainly doing something. Um okay, well I'm glad to hear that you thought those songs slapped as a kid yeah. cuz they do. I was really I, mean, uh, I was really into the Spice to, Girls. To be
0: clear, Aqua was one of my first CDs, the Barbie Girl CD. That was I think like, it was a lot of people's first CDs. Yeah, when I was like really uh, uh like formulating like, "Oh, I can just go out and buy music." I that was one of the things that that I was like, "Oh, this." And then I think I went like Aqua uh Astro Lounge. Yeah. Tragic Kingdom, I think, mm, was in within my first five that sold CDs. like you know yeah.
1: 80 zillion copies, yeah.
0: But that's all like if we're doing pure qualitative analysis, I think you could probably say Tragic Kingdom is the best of those things, but they're yes. all like of a piece, sure. Like pop with Scottages, I don't know. The
1: purchasing CDs with your quote unquote own money in the mid 90s was so funny because I just remember thinking that it wasn't necessarily that it even really liked the music or cared about the artist but i was definitely enamored with the idea of like oh i can have that music that i hear on the radio like yes. i can listen to that anytime yes. it's
0: crazy how far we've gone in, in our one lifetime from, yeah from like cds of even just being able to listen to a cd or something on the go like in a walkman or something yeah to that very concept being completely obsolete
1: or and I could be in you know Dublin yep. on my international phone plan, being able to queue up a Smash Mouth song on YouTube on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> while waiting for the train. Yes, not that I did that, but I could have if I wanted to.
0: And we we I mean I don't know we we listened Ooh. to some Bulls on Parade while we were it's true we and did. while we were taking the train in uh yeah. in um. A- Dublin, which is, you know, something that I would have had to go out and buy the CD of.
1: <laughs> right. Buy the CD and then have the Go disc out and man.
0: buy Evil Empire and wear it through in my disc man. Is that uh, with Evil Empire? I'll look that up. Okay. Anyway, so tell me about your feelings
1: I, I was a huge I was all in on Spice Girls. I I'm guessing my parents thought that they were like, oh good, this is something that's new and that we feel like is appropriate for our kids. Like I, I think they were like family friendly. Obviously, they were like so sexy, but they were so cartoonish that I wasn't even like, I don't think I registered the sexiness as such.
0: Yeah. Some people also really didn't. Oh yeah. Bulls on parade is off people. I feel like there was like a backlash to this, that they were something that was a little like You know the '90s uh, PMRC crew were like, "Oh, this is too sexy for it's it's marketing sexuality at young girls." Yeah,
1: but it's funny, just like it did not even—I didn't know what was to be set. Like I didn't know what sexuality was, and therefore, like the the idea of a sexualized body didn't make any sense to me. But also, cool cool girls—they were cool. I thought their shoes were incredible. They do have good shoes. Their whole marketing plan was bomb. Like I remember that I got licensed Spice Girls, everything. Like they had lollipops and like stickers and temporary tattoos. And everything and I went, had
0: like a sequined Union Jack in the background. Yeah.
1: I just thought that they looked cool and they made me feel good about myself. There was a, I know that you said that the, the sort of weird feminist aspect maybe mm-hmm. wasn't super effective, but I thought it was effective when I was a child. Like, between girl growing up with girl power when I was in like first second grade, and then the U.S. women's soccer team won the World <laughs> Cup in 1999, I was like, "Women are really killing it!" Like I thought it was a positive environment to grow up and be like, "They're women, and I am also a girl, not yet a woman." <laughs> at the time, I know obviously there is some like more toxic shit happening around being a woman in general. But those two things I thought were really good. Soccer and the Spice Girls? Come on. Uh, jersey, Soccer jerseys and platform shoes? It's a look.
0: Yes. (laughs) That is a very like latter half of the the 90s. Now, aren't
1: you going to ask me which Spice Girl I often had to play with my sisters or friends and which one I had to identify the most with?
0: Yes. Which one? Posh. Posh. Because
1: I had straight brown hair.
0: Were you also the poshest of your friends? No. No.
1: But I was the, I had the least, like my other, like everyone basically wanted to be baby because she was, everyone said, I'm baby. (laughs) Because she was like blonde and cute. Literally, yes. And then everything else got divvied up amongst everyone else. Based
0: off of like the most superfluous uh, uh, characteristics. Yeah. Superficial characteristics.
1: Yes. Anyway, Spice Girls. Love them. So they were important to you. Yes. Yes. Formative. Anyway, we're talking I mean, about- I,
0: I guess I like you know earlier I brushed off that kind of again superficial like patently on its face weird feminism of it, but you know it, it's I guess it's hard to imagine how how much a group of like even if they they weren't actually empowered, just a group of women saying, we are empowered.
1: But they seemed empowered. Yeah. So like, what's the diff? And I do think that they were coming off of like, well, were, I've said this before, and I can't remember if it was on this podcast or not, but that the Spice Girls are, are the commercialization of Riot Girl. Yeah, Like they're basically just their bikini kill, but with like way, way, way much more money and like mainstream clout behind them. Yeah. And therefore were more kind of traditionally presented yeah but they're still i mean you look at the way they dress like that wasn't normal it was still kind of punk in the in the way that they were putting themselves together
0: yes i'm looking at some photos of them right now no i, I see exactly exactly what you're saying and i think that the important thing to take away from it is uh you know whether <laughs> or not they were actually empowered they were playing empowered characters and yes. that is not a character that was played in the pop space no that explicitly no not you know, not
1: with five women.
0: No, not with five women in that kind of super group.
1: We had gotten like three women yeah. with TLC. Mm-hmm. Destiny's Child was like a couple years later.
0: TLC is interesting because they definitely like took a lot of power and authority and control over their own image and stuff. But then that is also like at that time a different thing because they're, you know, black artists who, right. are, play, who are operating more in the hip hop milieu, which was outsider or was at that time like slowly elbowing its way into being a inside pop thing
1: right but they were still being categorized as like urban yes. on the radio although yes. they did have some radio heads you know they were crazy sexy yes. and cool
0: they were crazy sexy and cool
1: <laughs> that honestly that was actually the first time i'd ever heard the word sexy and like was in that relation album. To tlc yeah and I was kind of like, didn't really know what it meant, but I was like, if this is what that is, like, okay, I think I kind of get it. <laughs> but it was scary to me. I was like, "Ooh, sexy. Was it scary spice." It was, it was spicy. <laughs> um, but so we're talking about Melby, yes. Scary spice, yes. She, so this, this book is not. First of all, it's not the first book she's written. She had a memoir earlier in her career. Um. It, I'm trying to not look up what it was called. It was called C- Catch a Fire, which I ha- I possessed that book. I ordered it, which is like uh, um, out of print. <laughs> if you could <laughs> Did not really figure it? that out. I haven't read it yet, so oh, okay. we might have to go back. But that was more covering like her earlier years. And this is like... Basically, it seems like she wrote this in the wake of her third divorce, okay. which Ooh. was like really well, intense. Uh, that might
0: be a spoiler alert for this, but uh, so uh, this goes, this things do not go well in personal land.
1: No, not at all. And this is almost, you know, this you're not getting this, the stories of song craft or even a lot of like stage uh, strategy. Like, mm-hmm. I would say this is mostly about. Her personal life and her personality, because she is at the end of the day, she's a a personality. So that makes sense. But yeah, (laughs) this is much more what what I'm what I see in this book is like clearly in response to a very intense tabloid culture around her, right? And like British tabloids specifically, like she clearly has been written about a lot since she. Since she was a spice girl, but then that sort of the tenor of that conversation is like changed and twisted over the years as she's done different stuff. Do you know anything about her life at all
0: no I don't know anything about her except that she's from leeds
1: she's from Leeds, but I will
0: say to follow up on that as we say on the uh, live from London and Manchester episode of the uh, of Chapa Trap House yes British media culture our media culture uh, I'm quoting will here yes uh, our media culture is stupider all around and openly more vacuous, their media culture is outright more evil. Yes. And predatory and like willing to do anything to, up into actively destroying people's lives in order to make it part of a story. Is
1: that just like, that's just the way things are culturally or is that due to like a specific set of like rules or market forces? Like what,
0: you know, I would way? love to hear somebody's concrete analysis of this because it's interesting because there are also like in really intense libel laws over there. Yes. Uh, so uh, I think it, it, it's a little bit of both of more of a tradition of an extremely, extremely aggressive press that, that really respects no boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also kind of needing to push things on the margins to, like, make stories come out Mm. rather than being able to kind of, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, speculate about things Mm -hmm. because uh, people can get sued really easily.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, she's absolutely a product of that, and it seems traumatic at the Mm -hmm. very least, but this, this book seems to be her, you know... Saying her side of the story, setting the record straight. This is a
0: very, this is a set the record straight. We're setting the record
1: straight here. But this is, I mean, like content warning, suicide, sexual abuse, like Uh. it's it's intense, which always makes me so fucking sad because I feel like these, like when female musicians write memoirs, it's always about the horrible stuff that's happened to them. And when men write them, it's like the horrible stuff that they did to other other people. people. Yes. It's like kind of a generalization, but also... <laughs> yeah, I, yes. Yeah. Anyway, wanted to get that on the table before, but let's di- delve into the life of of Melby, which is... Let us. ...sorted AF. Uh, she opens the book and says, "'What drives a woman to want to take her own life? "'What makes a woman believe the only way out "'is a bottle of pills?' I can tell you the answer. Melanie Brown, scary spice, the gobby girl from Leeds who ran riot through the whole bloody world with the spice girls, the girl cheeky enough to pinch a loo roll from Nelson Mandela's house (laughs) and cocky (laughs) enough to crack jokes with HRH Prince Charles. Uh, I've had enough good wine to know the difference by smell alone between a hundred quid bottle of, Y Montrachet, and a 10-quid bottle of Mekon Village. I'd work my backside off to have a lifestyle that was a million miles away from the one I was born into. That's how we get started. That's yeah, a
0: pretty powerful opening statement.
1: Yeah, so we start in Meteores, and yes. she has just taken like 100 pills, Oh Jesus. and she's trying to kill herself. Um, the first quarter of this book is basically it jumps all over the place but it's mostly concerned with like her life from like 2014 to 2017 when she's with this third husband who's Mm -hmm. like super abusive and like that's kind of the result of all of this but we need to like go back from the beginning which I had to like really reshome on this uh, timeline (laughs) to try to get to make sense because sometimes she will be in the middle of another story and then just be like have I ever told you about my dad he's a great man (laughs) but also mean
0: unconventional narrative structure it's an
1: unconventional narrative structure we'll put it that way so that that, that's a Madelines
0: um, within Madelines within Madelines. I do I do want to say that that is uh, one of the maybe one of the strongest opening lines of any of, of the books that we've yeah, that we've covered yeah extremely evocative uh, and also you know gives gives a good sense of her reference level.
1: Yes, I like I really like her style. Like it's very straightforward and like there's a sense of dark humor yeah. to it or dryish humor.
0: Steal steal a roll of loop. A loo, for, a loo roll, a loo roll from know. Nelson Mandela. Yeah.
1: And then she Who? also apologized. She's like, I'm sorry, Miss, and rest in peace to Mr. Mandela. <laughs> like, I know you I know you got a good chocolate out of that one. <laughs> um did you say Madeline's inside of Madeline's inside of Madeline's? Yeah. It's like a Russian doll of, of Proustian yeah, A Proustian doll, yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so at that point, this was when she attempted suicide. It was 2014. She was 39 years old. She had three children. She's married for the third time. Um, she was like a judge on the X, fact, the X Factor. Uh, this is the second time that she's attempted suicide in her life. The first was at age 14, which she like kind of alludes to, but kind of doesn't. And you I don't think get maybe much color about that one. Not really. So maybe that's in the first book. Um, but she was born on May 29, 1975. Yes, Gemini. Gemini uh working class family mother is from england and she's white her mm-hmm. father is from nevis which is in the ca- C- caribbean, caribbean. Uh, nevis
0: Nevis. it's uh, there, that's one of the the like blank and nevis yes. right
1: yes 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 but he uh immigrated to england in the 50s with like a large wave of caribbean immigrants right um and so her parents got together in the 70s which is obviously unconventional racially at yes. the time um, her father she basically says like she had a loving relationship with her father, but he was also very strict, and the I,
0: older she got. I do want to point out yeah. that uh in the two thousand eleven population of Nevis, yes, is like eleven thousand people, uh-huh, so you gotta imagine if he emigrated from in like the fifties mm-hmm. that he was probably one of like a dozen Nevisians in in uh uh England. Which yeah. is like, it's like that quote about The Rock, that if you meet a 45-year-old, half black, half Samoan um, uh, American male, there's a large, a uh, high percentage chance that you have met The Rock. The Rock, yeah. If, if you meet a 39-year-old, h- half English, half Novitian yeah. woman, yeah. there is a high likelihood, en- English woman, you have, there's a high likelihood you have met Melby. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, so her father basically gets, like, stricter the older she gets, and he will, like, if she like fucks up, he'll uh, like on a Tuesday. He'll be like, "I'll see you on Friday," and on Friday he'll like beat her with a oh, ruler God. or something. So like, that's rough. The yeah. anticipation. I sick. know. I
0: mean, like, I don't condone the. I obviously don't condone the beating, but I do <laughs> condone the making them wait to hear the, the mi- punishment. The mind game. the punishment is just like you're spending the the rest of Friday night in your room.
1: Yikes! No, that that gives me a, a yeah. sick, sick feeling inside.
0: Plus, it gives you a. Uh, Four days to think of a creative punishment. Again, not beating, but you know, some, <laughs> something like they have to, you know, carry a you know uh, a, a big rock in a circle around the backyard to think about what times. they've yeah. done.
1: A rock that represents
0: um, the suffering they have caused others. And yeah, the shame they have brought themselves.
1: And another rock that represents discipline, of course. Right, the rock. Yes, voiced by Johnson.
0: King King Crimson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she so she and she's basically like she says this in a million different ways throughout the book but like she's loud she likes to perform she likes to dance like she doesn't really fit in she doesn't have like she has a lot of friends but she's never quite like in with any of them at any given time she feels like an outsider because she's mixed race like she's kind of like this weirdo who loves the spotlight yes classic
0: does she have a performing performance outlet in her youth
1: not really until she's like a mid-teenager, but she says, she said, I always wanted my dad to be proud of me. It's the thought that goes through the mind of so many people who make their living on the stage. The bottom line is we want to be loved. Yes. So like did there's it, that Bash Brothers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you want for my dad to be proud of me? To make my dad proud. Yes. Um, that shit. That shit's good. But she doesn't, so she basically, she, she doesn't really have anything concrete until she's in like a, her teenage years and she accidentally stumbles across a dance class that she joins and then she's actually really good at dancing. She's like a natural dancer
0: even mm-hmm. though she doesn't start until, until her teens. Yeah.
1: And then she uh, she basically gets a job as like a, sh- kind of like a showgirl okay. in the seaside town of Blackpool.
0: Oh yes. The, I, I, now, I now know where Blackpool is. You
1: do. And so Blackwell had like a summer like resort yes. crowd who enjoyed being entertained. God
0: I, God, I really want to go to one of these British summer resorts because fucking summer resort town on the Irish Sea. Yeah. I just can't imagine how that ever gets that summery or resorty.
1: I think people make up for the yeah. lack of summeriness by just raging, I would imagine. Yeah. It's kind of like New Jersey when the weather isn't like perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like a Blackpool summer is like a New Jersey October. Sure. And <laughs> it's just not that festive of that Blackpool
1: time. Blackpool Sun, where are you? Um,
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um I was I was gonna think more along the lines of Blackpool Summer.
1: Summer oh nice, yeah, <laughs> take a cold dip in the sea, <laughs> does anyone go in the water oh,
0: i don't I don't know, I think their beaches are really rocky again, it just seems not pleasant
1: i love I love a rocky beach that's like you can't enjoy me it's. Shocking. Try to enjoy it's me. Shocking that <laughs> ow, 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 ow,
0: ow. It's shocking that the British invented the idea of going to the beach as a leisure activity when going to the beach in Britain seems like a form of punishment.
1: Well, it's better than the alternative, not going to the beach. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> anyway,
0: she's dancing, showgirl dancing in some dancing. depressing black, Blackpool summer resort bar. Yes.
1: And then she goes to a dance conservatory for a while. And then finally she auditions for like an open call for the Spice Girls in 1994 There's not a lot of detail about like the rise of the Spice Girls exactly.
0: (laughs) Yada yadas. And then I auditioned for the Spice Girls and then
1: the Spice Girls were huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who
0: made the Spice Girls? Do you know this? Simon Fuller. Simon Fuller is. Can you put in fill in some of these uh, the details here?
1: um, I just I knew it was like this guy was a record producer. Mm hmm. Uh, who you know in that era? I guess it was just common to try to staff up a group by yeah. being like audition I mean, for me. I mean,
0: this was the era of the back, the Backstreet Boys and the Insync.
1: Oh, he so he managed the Spice Girls. I'm not sure if he actually sought out the Spice Girls originally. He did. Um, he. Simon Fuller did S Club Seven too. I don't know how uh, familiar you are yes, with him. yes, yes, yes. And uh, he created American Idol, so he's like a yeah, British like mega. Guy. Well, yeah, he's he like He probably a guy. committed.
0: Per, he probably created Britain Idol.
1: Yes, pop pop idol.
0: Britain Idol, pop idol, pop
1: pop idol, pop
0: idol. It's just so funny to me to think of like, you know, because we've always kind of had girl groups, so it's funny to be to imagine like a guy in an office sitting around being like, think in like 1995 or whatever, being like, think. Think, think. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. A group of girls who sing. Yes. But I guess he probably came up, whoever did probably also came up with like the branding exercise of it. Yeah. Like, I wonder if we did a girl group, but they were like loud and obnoxious and rude.
1: I think, I'm not sure who was like responsible for the spiciness but there melby did share an anecdote in the book where she was like in the early days of spice girls they were like you're all going to wear tracksuits in different colors and they were like awesome no we are like five different personalities and we're going to dress according to our own like (laughs) archetype i
0: do well i want to see the the tracksuit girls (laughs) the tracksuit girls but like the spice girls are way more interesting yeah it is way more interesting Uh, new jersey's finest uh, pop girl group
1: And the the fun thing about it, I think it happened a little less with the boy bands of that same era because they were basically just sorted into the cutest ones, the semi-cute ones. And then there was always one who was like kind of not cute, but he could sing really high or something. So he could fill out those harmonies. Yeah, like a special skill. But like Spice Girls had like very, very strong personalities. And that's something that I think is totally missing from the current like resurgence of boy and girl groups Yeah, is that everyone is basically like cute, normal people.
0: Yes. Or you have to read like thousands of words of Korean fan board messaging <laughs> to figure out the difference between the seventeen guys in any of these groups.
1: I did watch a twenty five minute BTS explainer video, and I do feel like I came out of it knowing a little bit more about each boy. And, Who's like, your favorite BTS? Um, I like the the main guy, the um oh the, the underground like, rapper rap guy. Yeah, the guy who is like the hardest rapper, but now Suga, has to like the pro- other one.
0: prove his hardness in the world of of boy banding.
1: He has to maintain his his hardness. He really has like a step format. up
0: plot. Yes, you know where he's like the Chan- the except it's like reverse because he's like
1: Channing Tatum is like he's like a guy, like a guy on the street who likes to like dance on the street, and he's the janitor at the dance academy. And that then, the yeah. ballerina and, and, and she just, loses her partner because he gets injured because everyone's always getting injured in these movies. And she's like, maybe we could make something special together. Yeah. Worlds colliding. You know, (laughs) I love that movie. Anyway,
0: he has to take his hard street rap and and prove it, prove that it still works in the uh, world of boy banding.
1: Yes. RM, which I believe stands for rap monster. Nice. I love RM. Um, I just feel like it's hard to be a leader, especially a leader of seven.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's a lot, you know. I I just led five people around a, uh, um, but I'm I'm not really the leader. I'm I'm more of the the back end person, the
1: back end guy, the yeah. IT guy.
0: yeah, yeah. I'm more of like the forge in the X Men scenario.
1: I don't know what that is, but yes. Uh
0: he has, <laughs> he has like a techno kinetic powers. He can like control machines with his
1: mind, and he just uses it to make sure everyone gets places on time. And yeah, stuff. basically. <laughs> we need some. Hey, we need some X Men over here okay, let me make sure the subway is working. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mel says of the Spice Girls, uh, we weren't all the best singers and we weren't all the best dancers, but we all had that same, I'm going to show you attitude. <laughs>
0: but, we w- but we would fucking cut somebody if, yeah. they did- <laughs> if they did us wrong. They
1: had the tude. So we obviously don't get much about the Spice Girls, but I do think it's important to note how much they worked and how much money they made, which is something that Mel talks about. Yes. So she said, so Jerry... Uh, Baby. Jerry is Ginger. Okay. When she abruptly quit the band in 1998, Mel remembers, she said, Emma, baby. She's baby. Emma said that she thought it was weird. She's baby. Yes.
0: There can be only one, and and it's it's Emma.
1: Yes. She's the baby spice. Uh, She said that she thought it was weird that Jerry had said goodbye to us because none of us ever said that to each other. We worked nonstop. We were together 24-7, so we never said goodbye. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> and um at a different point Mel is talking about the idea of show business. And she said show business, it's two words. Show and, and business. business. Yes. She said my responsibility is to keep the show going so that the money men, managers and producers can keep the business going. Right. So she's w- very aware of like There's this divide between entertainer and the whole machine that keeps things running. Absolutely. Um, But she said in 1998, the Spice Girls earned 30 million pounds alone. That's a lot of money. That is. She said fame and money change things. For example, if you want a chip butty at four in the morning washed down with a bottle or two or three of Lambrusco, a Spice Girls tradition, uh, no one tells you to go to bed because you have an early call in the morning. Someone goes and gets it and then makes excuses for you when you're running late.
0: <laughs> uh, I honestly can relate to all of this it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Because Just coming off of a tour, again, very different levels doing a Spice Girls show doing it than doing a Chapa show. Uh, but... Um, yeah, that the the thing is is that nothing else matters but getting the five people on stage at the time that they're supposed to be on stage and getting them in the right mood, mindset, physical capability mm. to do the thing that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Everything else it doesn't matter, you know, if you miss a train, fine, get the next train. Yeah. Uh if if somebody doesn't like the hotel, fine, get them a new ho- hotel. Like ever move the world as best you can to make sure that those five people are at space at call time, ready to go. Yeah, and also uh, Chapo's uh, green room request is also Lembrusco.
1: It's having a moment. A chilled effervescent red, red is like it's good. It's um, I think it's like having a, a comeback.
0: Yes, uh, that's uh, the official uh, and introducing summer recommendation. When we're doing uh, uh, fun summer wrecks, try some lambu, some Lambrusco. I
1: think no, my summer recommendation like a is, a, is a vodka Red Bull. <laughs> 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 I think it's delicious. It's full of herbs, <laughs> and um, I, I real, I'm
0: gonna dispute that. But we I can think I up think
1: there are herbs in Red Bull. I don't know which kinds, but there's some Thyme? herbs: time, sage, sage, <laughs> marjoram. Um, vodka Red Bulls are great. And you can take that to the bank.
0: Uh, I suggest Limbrusco.
1: Okay. Well, there you have it. Our two. or two. Double. F- double fist them. And introducing summer spritz suggestions. Yeah, so you can. Who, why not both? Why not both? Why not both? The. I just. I. I thought it was interesting that she called out not just that people are doing things for you, indulgent things, things that are maybe outside the realm of a normal. Like what you would do for somebody because you're rich and powerful and famous, but then at the other end they make excuses for you, right? Like the the circle is complete of yes. like n- there's no retribution on either end. Mm-hmm. Also, well, again,
0: uh, that a lot of this shit is just mood management. Yes, because if the if the talent is unhappy, then the show is bad.
1: You got to get them their their chip buddy.
0: I do love a chip buddy.
1: You know that's just um. That's just a, a sandwich with um, fries on bread. Yes. Did you have one? I did not. Oh, I'll have to
0: get you one. But uh, I do love a chip. Yes. I did not go to a chippy while I was there. I did not have time to get an authentic chip. I did not get any uh, official, uh, I did not get fish and chips, but I did get uh, a blood pudding, and that was very good. Mmm. Yum.
1: Mmm. Bloody. Bloody. Bloody good. So then we get into kind of Melby's history. From Spice Girls on through the men, mostly men that she's interacted with. So her first husband, she describes him as a weed-smoking Dutch dancer named Jimmy Golzar. Sounds cool. Um, He's not cool. God damn it. So he's her backup dancer. And it sounds like each of the spices were assigned a specific dancer to be like their boy. Okay on stage. They
0: probably have like a moment where they like fake flirt dance and then yeah. they like do like they do a the, quick smack smack yeah uh move to in the moment where yeah. they're like, not really.
1: They do the thing where there's all choreography is the same. A guy comes up to them and like maybe they like he grabs their hips or like mm-hmm. sort of like thrusts upon her and, and then the s- girl turns around and puts the her hand on their shoulder and walks them backwards. Sure. She's in control. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yep It's her I am the captain now. <laughs> it's that's it's the, the that's that's the name of that dance move. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: just makes me want to see a captain Phillips ballet.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. That actually does sound good. There should be more boat ballets. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah.
0: Um, that's my copyright Chris Wade 2019. I'm going to do that.
1: Boat, Boat lay. Yeah. Uh, great. The, the captain now, <laughs> the captain now in three acts. Yes. Who, who does the, the score?
0: Uh, Stravinsky.
1: Okay. I thought you were going to say like chemical brothers. <laughs> that'd be cool. Um,
0: uh let's say Johnny Greenwood and uh Moby. Oh no wait, he's he's uh can't do Moby. Can't do Moby now. Yeah. He said those weird things about those young women.
1: Yeah. And he just is a weird We'll person. we'll get to Moby. <laughs> We'll do yeah. It's funny. We should probably do it at sooner some point, than later. Maybe but sometime like, in July. Also, I don't know. It seems a bit spoiled for people. Well, we'll wait till people forget in July,
0: and then we'll dig up all the other weird anecdotes in that book for
1: our maybe September episode. We'll we'll bring him back up.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, Jimmy goals are he he sucks. He's <laughs> he's trash. He's not even very nice to her. So she's kind of attracted by the chase of like. Sort of pinning him down, and she says, I was thrilled I'd made this distant man fall in love with me. He reminded me of my dad, he would go from hot mm. to cold emotionally, and he had his own mm. rules he lived by. Mm.
0: Uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, dad looms, looms large in this. Dad
1: is dad's large. Mm-hmm. Um, he so she marries this guy in
0: 1998, he's uh, he's daddy in the bad way, in the bad
1: way. He, she basically finds out that she's pregnant when Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham, it finds out she's pregnant with her first baby with David Beckham. Mm. Uh, and when she, she, when
0: she becomes the a Beckham,
1: yes, a Beckham for real. And so she like runs out. They're all like on tour together or something. She's like, I'm having a baby, like waving her pregnancy test around. And Mel B is like, I want to take one of those too. And she takes one and finds out she's also pregnant, oh, which just, is crazy. She does it as like a lark. Mm-hmm. She's Ooh. like, I want one of those. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I? Oh no! Oh fuck! Well, no, she's she's really excited though. Like she's stoked. But she gets married, and like he just—it's bad. He's he spends a lot of her money, and he's written about in the tabloids is like, oh look at Melby's husband, like going on thousands of thousands of dollars of shopping sprees, and she's like, they're not sexually compatible. Like they're basically (laughs) not having sex. His mom thinks that he's buying all this
0: weed and clogs.
1: Yeah, those are the only two things yeah. that there are to buy.
0: Uh, going to get suits at the very tall man's store. Yes. Because it's the thing about the Dutch is that they're all like seven feet tall.
1: <laughs> so their relationship ends because he's, he sucks. Okay. Ends in 2002. She meets Eddie Murphy. The Eddie Murphy? The Eddie Murphy. Wow. This,
0: she, is, this is a very 2002 occurrence.
1: Well, this is actually 2007 because oh. she meets him Uh, quote after coming out of a beautiful loving five-year relationship with a woman that I will never ever discuss because she was extremely private and I will always respect that cool so she dated a woman for five years Honestly, it seems like that's probably the best relationship she's had uh, after reading this book. I'm like, maybe try oh, dating M- Mel- women. Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, women. I thought you were saying that at, after oh, Eddie no, 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 Murphy no. had gotten out of it. No. Well, Eddie Murphy has had a lot of relationships as well. But, yes. yeah. Oh, um, so
0: she saw a woman for yes,
1: five years. Yes, Oh. And she's very, like, casual about that. She's just she's like, like, I'm attracted to men and women. Like, what's the big deal? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well,
0: congrats on that. And uh, also, yeah, it's... <laughs> Guessing where the rest of this book lo- goes, it's maybe like maybe give that another shot,
1: yeah. Like, stick with that. There's also, I think, a couple months ago, shit bubbled up again, or maybe for the first time, of like, oh my god, did Ginger and Scary have a affair mm. based on whatever like anecdotal what,
0: stuff? Like, one cameraman from like 1999 being like, I saw something, <laughs> I saw her go in the other's room, <laughs> I don't know what I were doing in there. <laughs> Like like bombshell, bombshell revelation from tour cameraman. Yeah.
1: Who who knows? Who can say? Yeah.
0: I, that's the other thing about the British press. Is I feel like more like the American tabloid, I feel like really, really has to keep up with like works hard to keep up with like the flavor of the week type stuff mm-hmm. where it's like a constantly changing roster of, of, who's. of who's as chronicled in the great podcast who, who weekly. Yes. I feel like the British tabloid is much more lo- like, Remember that person who had one hit song in 1993? Well, New Revelation mean- places them having an affair with some obscure person in 1994, but like, but it's like oh, yeah. 25 years the later. The past is, is never...
1: Yeah. It's it's not gone. It's yeah. not even past or whatever Yeah, thing exactly. Is. Yeah. It's
0: like there were several cele- celebrities remain tabloid fodder for like decades and decades and decades at a yeah, time. The flame is alive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Well, I mean, that's partially the... Re- it's, I think... Mel's kind of prominence is be because it's all the bad things that have happened to her are, are sort of press related, but also I think they kept that fire stoked yeah. also by being like, remember this Spice Girl? Like she was she, huge. She, <laughs> she made remember a lot of money. the Spice Spice Girl? Our new sources may have pl- placed her smoking weed in 1999. <laughs> right, exactly. Headline
0: story in 2018.
1: So Eddie Murphy is he wants to meet her. And they had a mutual, and the mutual was like, Eddie wants to meet you. And Melby was like, the comedian? <laughs> and she was like, yes, he's uh, having a party at his house. Like, you should go. Eyebrow
0: from Eddie Murphy in 2007, my eyebrow would be raised so far, it would rip off the top of my forehead.
1: Why what, does what that you? Do I just you? don't
0: think that Eddie Murphy seems like he would be a good guy to hang out with.
1: Yeah. Well, so she basically... She said, the moment I laid eyes on him, it was as if a 2000 volt electric current had passed between us. Ooh! So like there's this weird love at first sight thing that happens. Like they, it, she has this weird thing where like they're at a party and she sees him and she like feels the urge. She's like, I need to leave. Like I need, I can't like, I can't be here. It's like I need dangerous. to go home. She like, goes she goes home. She's rippling off.
0: with that raw Pluto Nash energy. Yeah,
1: that raw, raw, raw. Oh yeah. Raw. Hey. Uh, she goes home, she takes off all her makeup and, like, gets in bed. And then Eddie Murphy, like, texts her and is like, hey, we're all at this club. Like, you should come. And then she, like, goes and then she's going to leave again. And then he's like, I don't think you should leave. And anyway, they basically become inseparable after that point. Like, they meet in uh, May of 2007. And by... A, August, she's pregnant with his child. Oh God! Um, she says that he's like he has this mansion that I think is in like Beverly Hills. Yes, that's like isolated from everything. It's I can massive, imagine. right? And like he's got this. She calls it Eddie Land. Like he has his own world, right? Where he barely, like he doesn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Like he he's very reclusive, and yet somehow he was like, I want to meet this Spice <laughs>
0: <laughs> again in two thousand seven, like. Well, after they had faded, are you saying 2007? It's 2007. I'm just trying look, to look to well, see what he
1: was up to then.
0: Uh, well, in 2007, he would have been in Voicing Donkey and Shrek the Third. Well, that's, he would have been that's w- money. That's one, money, baby. He would have been one year off. Oh, the, his big release that year was Norbit, if you remember that movie. I sure do. Although Not that I saw he it. He is one year away from Dream. Wait, he's in Dr- yeah Yeah, Dream Dream Girls. Girls 2006, which is basically his last legitimate role.
1: Everything else has been uh, like sort of secondary
0: wore, like, a bunch more Shrek shit and, um, I don't know, meet Dave?
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay, yeah, so she she's basically met him, like, kind of in the afterglow of Dream Girls, which was pretty, I think, po- generally positive coverage of him. But, so he, he's, like, he's this weirdo. He... She said, she describes it as she, he's like, he doesn't like surprises. He likes to know what's coming and when. That's why he's such a good comedian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I wouldn't all say that that's an essential quality of comedy, but well, you to okay. know where the punchline is. That is crucial. Um, she says at his house, you'd walk into one room and Stevie Wonder would be there playing the piano. <laughs> She said once they were like in bed after going out and like Denzel Washington came in and he was like kind of drunk and he was talking to them and for hours yeah, but while they were in bed, like while they were in bed, oh, like he, she was like, he's like someone's uncle. Like he sure, was just, we you, we're just chilling and
0: you have that weird experience of like being Denzel, I'm trying to get some
1: sleep. Denzel, get the fuck
0: out. <laughs> How do you politely ask Denzel, to, a drunk Denzel Washington?
1: Excuse, to leave? excuse me, Oscar, Oscar winner Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington. Uh, get out of my rooms. <laughs> very tired <laughs> very tired and you've got to go yes
0: yes uh i'm sure you're it was very interesting working on the love inside tra-
1: man. love training day yes. <laughs> uh love loved uh john q really wrenched wrenched my heartstrings yes. there um yeah no get out uh he he's definitely like he's an ocd guy like he's a germaphobe
0: oh, oh wow he, i mean none of this is a surpri- it's not it's surprising, surprising right me. no he, all, like all like Anybody like that? uh, Well, who's that much of a superstar with that specific of a skill and energy? I'm like definitely like personal life, some some kind of weirdness.
1: I don't know much about Eddie Murphy or his life, although I think he had his his family was he came from some trauma. I think maybe Uh, someone killed somebody. Like his his father was. Murder or like murder someone he
0: got like worldwide famous when he was like 18 so. right
1: and so i feel like what it's it's not like i don't want to say weird like i'm being judgmental but like i think when you get when you live that life and you kind of like batten down the hatches like you yeah. kind of howard hughes it a little yes. bit like it's kind of understandable yeah.
0: i mean a, a little like uh you know michael jackson vibes but yes. also i don't think that eddie murphy is anywhere in the is in the same arena of weirdness as michael jackson
1: yes So I need to describe something specific. Um, She said, I'm just going to read this passage. After about two months of only ever seeing Eddie in his home, I couldn't stand it any longer. I told him he had to get into the real world. I told him I was taking him to Coffee Bean. (laughs) We need to get out, Eddie. We need to see the world. Come on, Eddie. We need to see the real world. We have to go. To the coffee bean, Eddie. Come on, please. we're going to coffee bean. At least the tea leaf. Come on, please take
0: me to the tea leaf, Eddie. I need to
1: free breathe. Eddie, I let's need go. To feel. Let's go to coffee bean. That—that's me. I—I I really love Spice World, and I
0: is that—is that your Mel? B. That's my impression? Mel B
1: impression because the thing she says a lot in that movie is "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, Eddie, oh no, no." <laughs> let's you're, go. You're you're. you're to coffee, bee. <laughs>
0: you're doing some kind of accent. I'm not quite sure what it is.
1: It's hers, I promise. You can, can you drop? I'm gonna make you drop in a clip. Yeah. Wait. One. One, one second. Okay. Come on. I'm gonna yeah. make you fucking produce this episode. That's right. I'm talking clips.
0: I don't believe star signs. You see, you wouldn't because you're an Aquarian. Aquarians don't believe in anything. Well, I don't believe that either. Oh no! I can't.
1: I think i've lost her. all right oh no <laughs> thank you you weren't you were talking totally about astrology way before that. that was cool also can i just say yes anyway uh, can, i can i need to continue so they i'm taking <laughs> him to coffee bean uh no chauffeur no assistant just us we got into his rolls royce which i could barely drive and drove <laughs> into the san fernando valley and it was completely silent Okay, let's get coffee, I said, as we practically kangarooed to a halt outside of Coffee Bean. As we were going in, I noticed him trying to open the door with his elbows, like the anxious germaphobe that he was. So I playfully slapped him and pulled him inside. Once we got to the counter, the guy asked Eddie for his order. The place was heaving. There was a queue behind us, and people bunched to the side of us, waiting for their coffees. All of a sudden, I saw something strange happening to Eddie. He looked at the guy, then he looked at the coffee menu with the dozens of different varieties of coffee, and he went into this completely off-the-cuff comedy routine about not knowing what the hell coffee to order. Latte, cold press, cappuccino, iced vanilla, soy, americano, milano, man-oh-man, flat white espresso almond milk cold press what's happened to coffee he got louder and louder and everyone was laughing and i can see he was transformed by the interaction absolutely in the moment when we left he looked at me and said i love coffee bean after that he wanted to go to coffee bean again and again he was so befounded by
0: coffee bean he turned into dennis leary well, yes, yes. is it impossible to get a cup of coffee flavored coffee anymore in this country Huh? What happened with coffee? Did I miss a fucking meeting with the coffee? Huh? You can get every other flavor except coffee-flavored coffee. <laughs> they, got they got mochaccino, they got
1: chocaccino, frappuccino, cappuccino, rappuccino, alpuccino. What the fuck?
0: So befuddled by coffee, you can turn Eddie Murphy into Dennis Leary.
1: Well, actually, uh, can you pull up one more now that we're doing a clip show? Yeah. Can, you, can you search um, uh, You've Got Mail Starbucks? Yes. Uh, and I promise this will be the last one. Yes. And I won't make you do it again.
0: I I, I just like the idea that even Eddie Murphy in like a coffee, like having not done stand up for a while, being in like a modern coffee vacuum, there's something about the the very basic idea that there is more than one type of coffee you can order Mm -hmm. that just like sends the whatever gland exists in comedian's brain into overdrive. And they're like, this must produce comedy. Yes. More than coffee that's not... (laughs) C- c- <laughs> and they just go, and they have a seizure, and then they do a, the exact same. They all do the exact same coffee room. Yeah. All right, fine. Oh God. <laughs> were we just talking about this song? Yes, you were talking about this song. We saw a Japanese Breakfast cover this.
1: I forgot this was the this. Come on, voiceover.
0: Three. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision-making ability That's whatsoever good. to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee. Short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf, low-fat, non-fat, etc. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can, for only two ninety-five, get not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely... Defining sense of self. <laughs> we give Howard Schultz a lot of shit, but he did legitimately, legitimately cause a huge swath of this country to have like a collective aneurysm at the idea of being able to order more than one type of coffee.
1: Tall mocha cappuccino
0: frappuccino Alpuccino.
1: frappuccino Alpuccino. what the fuck that's also <laughs> that that writing is such classic nora effron because yeah. that, that i mean there's there's two kinds of people who get like really befuddled over i guess menu items and it's like male comedians and like female like columnist types yes y- you love to see it yes you do you do and th- anyway that said uh, that
0: when i was just when we were just in europe and you go into a coffee shop and the coffee Choices are even slightly different. Mm-hmm. I immediately feel uh, like a brain-damaged toddler. You gotta and get I'm an like, Americano. I, <laughs> they I'm invented like, that for you. I don't know you. what to do here.
1: You gotta, you gotta get an Americano you when you go there. You gotta to get an Americano because they you, people died for that they shit. Did. People gave their fucking lives on the beaches of Normandy Yossarian so you can have got a cappuccino. shot out of the sky over yes. Italy so
0: that we could get an Americana. Yeah.
1: It's just, I mean, just do your duty.
0: Well, that's very charming about Eddie Murphy.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. Yes. However, <laughs> this is all charming. She's clearly like deeply in love with this dude. But, and then she gets pregnant with his child, which she says is like, kind of his idea kind of hers idea kind of her idea it, after
0: four months after three months he's, he's like hey well, hey uh, you know we met 90 days ago but I uh, wonder if you had my kid
1: yeah um and she so the, she's getting along in her pregnancy and he's like you should move in with me and she feels like very strongly that she does not want to do that she's yes, like this okay, is Eddie sure. land if I move in here, like I'm basically gonna become isolated from everyone I know. Like my entire life is going to be centralized here. And like that makes me uncomfortable. Like I need my own independence. Like Eddie gave her a credit card and was like, I really want you to use this credit card. And she's like, I have my own money. <laughs> let, me, let me I was a spice girl. <laughs>
0: let me give let me extend a line of credit to you.
1: Yeah. Just like weird stuff. Why why I are people a, like this? I'm Eddie Murphy. I have a personal bank. <laughs> <laughs> the Eddie Murphy credit, the Nor yes, it, the Norbit Credit Union. The, yeah, the the international the, <laughs> <laughs> the international bank of Norbit. Yes. Um. So yeah, she's been, she I think rightfully sees that. You know what? His, they literally, would be? she would they'd be subsumed. Be, they'd
0: be donkey bucks because of all the stuff that he's done. He's probably made the most fucking money off of doing donkey.
1: Yes. Wow. Those those checks must look like phone numbers. Yes. Uh. The. So she. She basically tells him she's she's there's a couple weeks of like bad vibes. Yes. You know what
0: else? What other vibe I'm getting off of this mm. relationship is Ronnie Spector.
1: Ronnie Spector. Oh fuck! That's so true. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cross cross industries, but uh,
0: yeah, cross industries. But like the the isolation, the the sense of control, yeah. the the sweet and then sour. Mm-hmm. Um. You know the the kind of weird man-childness of him. Right. There's the like, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Yes, with Stuff. like in, in extreme control, like being like no, 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 no. You use my money now. Yeah, yeah, right. So weird. Yeah.
1: So she she kind of is feeling this weirdness, and she's like, I need a break. Like, not from our relationship. But I need I need to like take some time and think, mm-hmm. and like goes away and eddie like blows up her phone like where are you she's like i need to like chill i need, I need my bean I need, I need my. Well, whom's will go to the coffee bean with me and I then can't.
0: he's like at the coffee bean using his elbows to try to get
1: i can't get in I without get you know, in. to open the door where's my melanie she so then after this she then like hits him up again and he won't take her calls. Mm. And he basically just does a 180 degree turn and is like, you need to take a DNA test because I don't even know if this is my kid. Uh, so like he basically just like kind of snaps toward uh like who who is she? Which is horrifying because she's, she's fighting with his kid. His kid. Yeah. Oh my God. And so like she and she basically says like overnight she becomes like a tabloid uh Uh, complete laughing stock like everyone in the british tabloids american tabloids they're like painting her as a gold digging whore Uh, who scammed eddie murphy out of a baby when she's like no this was the two of us Mm -hmm. like a sort of a à deux, i guess i mean
0: yeah it's an impossible situation for her because she was like pressured into doing this situation on his terms yeah she was like well i think i need some terms of my own it's like no not at all yeah
1: yeah I mean, she said she's like, I'm a romantic and a traditionalist. And so, like, it's kind of heartbreaking to see that she's, like, seeking out this love from the hole that her relationship with her father left. And then is desperately trying to, like, make it right, like, societally right. Like, we need to get married. Like, let's Mm -hmm. have a baby, but then let's get married. And then these people are just like, uh, no. (laughs) No, I'm gonna like spend all your I, money. Yeah, I,
0: didn't, I mean, I had no idea that Eddie Murphy and, and Mel B from The Spice Girls had a relationship.
1: I vaguely at all. remember this because this was also like this was 2007 and like this is my like senior year of high school and I was read a lot of tabloids then because I didn't really have like I, I, I was that busy, you know? <laughs> like but they were just at my house and so I vaguely remember reading about this stuff, but then I'd forgotten about it and this it was is a, a bizarre huge deal
0: crossover to me. I yeah, this is a total cultural blind spot for me.
1: Yes. She said, so she's like, I was ashamed. All my insecurities flooded to the surface. Who was I kidding, thinking I was someone who'd done something with their life? Underneath it all, I was still that mixed race kid who was too loud and too difficult to be really loved. Oh, Poor Melanie. Oh, She's uh, a Spice Girl. Yeah. She's an icon. Yeah. Um, so then shortly after, she has a baby. And then not that long after she has the baby, she meets this guy or she meets this guy for the second time called Stephen Belafonte. And she says, she she basically admits she's like, yeah, this like this was absolutely a rebound from the heartbreak of my relationship with Eddie Murphy ending.
0: Wait, she has the kid?
1: She, yeah, she has the baby. Well,
0: is the paternal relationship with Eddie Murphy resolved at the,
1: all? Now, yes. Now Eddie sees his kid okay. on like weekends sometimes. Okay. But it took a while for us to just take. Just imagine like
0: negotiating weekend visitation with your kid. She probably lives in England, maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. With Eddie Murphy, Jesus. Yeah, so I. Uh, I think everyone lives in LA, I think so at least family that's... situation is complicated. <laughs> yeah, the, the she she says at the end like the relationship was reinstated when Eddie Murphy's mother just like came over and was like can I see my grandchild? Oh and Eddie Melanie Murphy's was like, yeah. still in the picture at least in Isn't 2018. Like 60? Yeah. How old is Eddie
0: Murphy? Well, you keep going. I'm going to look this up. She,
1: I think he's got an old mom. Um, so she, she meets this guy, Steven and she described Steven as one of those people you'd see on the fringes of Hollywood parties, blagging his way in. <laughs> so this is the introduction of this motherfucking scammer. Just like this absolute trash. He, she, he, he picked the name Belafonte be because different. he was wanted to encourage the idea that people would think that he was related yep. to Harry Belafonte yep. when he's not. And, and apparently I, like, that family... To, like
0: Chris Connery or something?
1: Like Sean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, it's kind of similar era, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of who you could most reasonably change your last name to to maybe like Rose, like Axel. <laughs> I feel like people wouldn't make that immediate. You got to. I mean, this is this would be Cob- like someone saying like Chris I'm Cobain. Molly Cobain, right? Yeah. And pe- like the Cobain family would be like, "Who? <laughs> 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 Who are you?" Um. So he's he's like this like L. A. V- like vaguely a movie producer, but in the way that I'm sure like everyone kind of is, mm-hmm. and he just sort of like wheedles his way into Mel's life. But he's, like, very overbearing, very intense, and very, like, I want to date you. And she's, like, this is great. Like, I like how possessive you are because I have been feeling the – I was abandoned twice, essentially. So she's, like, perfectly set up for this guy to come in and just ruin her life. They married two months after they met. (sighs)
0: See, now this is a a pattern, and I'm, like, well, Mel – Got to get in that fool me once, shame on you; fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, she she
1: says like I think she take she's taking ownership of how like a I feel like she's acting a little bit based on like trauma and abuse, but right. b acting on like being a dumb rich celebrity, sure, and like she she's aware of this kind of distinction is that like there can be a little bit of both. Yeah. She says, she's like, I remember foolishly thinking I'm so rock and roll by getting (laughs) married in Vegas. the
0: third time after knowing somebody two months, but you know, it's like, I obviously I'm going to maintain sympathy for for her throughout this thing, but it's a, it's a little like you understand that thing when it's like young celebs, Mm -hmm. first marriage, 21 was something like that. You can even understand it. Like when, when they're like, they got out of the first one but then they met somebody like Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy Eddie fucking Murphy he's like I want to put a baby in you after, <laughs> after four, like m- a month 4 4 months <laughs> and they're like
1: maybe this is it maybe this is like uh, this, this is what life is supposed is, to be uh,
0: it's supposed to be and then like you get out of that and it really is traumatizing and then uh, like a year later you meet some, some guy, guy and you're like nope 2 months in let's get hitched this is it
1: I know I'm I like, know that I don't know
0: come on that it's sounds
1: like, crazy but it also like it makes sense like she I can just And the way that she writes about it, she's like, I'm trying desperately to have something work. I'm just just trying
0: to pull out, just like do a little like growth. (laughs) You're in your like 30s now. Come on.
1: Never underestimate how, you know, money kind of makes, I mean, sort of impact of your decisions. Sure. If you've been making decisions that aren't necessarily like the smartest in terms of like your money or your relationships, but it's okay because other people are sort of covering for you yeah yeah it's that much yeah. harder she's just a little girl who wants to tap dance her way into some boy's heart i'm just saying the triple dip is a little tough it's a little it's a little hard to take i understand i understand um she by the way she she pays for her own engagement ring and they get matching wedding rings that say fuck you las vegas <laughs> that's pretty funny though <laughs> it is pretty funny that's pretty good um, and so at this point she's kind of like having a public comeback in the sense, like she wasn't really doing much. She's just doing a little solo stuff, but like sure, sure, sure. not really setting the world on fire, but she, the Spice Girls reunite in 2008 mm-hmm. and do like a huge tour, which I think my All friend Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe saw, I think they did MSG. Um, she, but she said, I kind
0: of thought I, I, my thought was that, uh, Beckham Victoria was basically out once she married David.
1: She's she's into the degree that it makes sense for her life mm-hmm. because she knows at the end of the day, like that's she's a very successful fashion designer. Mm-hmm. She's a wag, yes, uh, and a, a mom, mm-hmm. a wag, a wag a mama, <laughs> and but at the same time, I think she's never not going to like bite the spice hand because to look like you don't give a shit, yeah. then you end up like Ginger, sure. She's had her own problems. We'll probably do a podcast about her eventually because what, she wrote does, her own book. Did,
0: did Ginger come back for she, the, the two thousand? Yeah, trial?
1: everyone came back, but she do was. They the, all like each other. Seems like it. I think there's they're strong personalities, and at the end of the day, they're probably like almost too big to ever fully get back together. Yeah because they've got too much stuff going on by themselves. But like the one who created the most sour grapey feeling was ginger because mm. she's the one who quit at the height of their fame. That's right. So I think it's that we go back to the rule of, uh, Keith Richards never quit, quit the band. Never quit the band. That's do the thing. whatever you
0: need to do to get your own space, but don't quit the band. So I
1: think, I think posh has that in her head as like, I've got all my stuff and it's all great, but I still need this tether right. as like, you know, it's the OG moneymaker anyway. Uh so they get back together but when S- Stephen meets the other Spice Girls uh Mel says she she thinks I could see what Jerry was thinking who is this idiot <laughs> So it sounds like he's like They're hanging out backstage. He's being a real like nosy, annoying, just a lout. Yeah, just like an annoying guy. He he's like he's chasing David Beckham around, being like, "Let's go out sometime." Oh,
0: mate, I I know the best clubs.
1: I think he's American.
0: But I, in my mind, I imagine him doing that. (laughs)
1: Yes, yeah. Oi, oi there, David. (laughs) Oi, cheerio there, David. Cheerio. That you're a you're a right fine bloke you are. Um so like she and so she's aware she's like I know this guy seems trashy to everyone but she kind of doubles down.
0: Yeah, you never want to introduce your new boyfriend with the phrase, let me explain.
1: <laughs> or even have it a preface. Yes. i would be like before before you talk to him, I just want to let you guys know. <laughs> yes. That's never a good thing unless there's I'm just trying to think of a situation where that would
0: be acceptable. <laughs> I know about the thing growing out of his head,
1: yeah. Just, <laughs> just don't talk, don't talk about, about, it. about it. So she, and meanwhile, like he's starting to, his tentacles are starting to like seep into her, seep like, into her life. life. Yeah, and they they actually end the Spice Reunion tour early, basically because she's like under too much pressure in her marriage. Like she has to, like they they do these fun things where they all have their little like solo moments during the show, and hers is like. Singing a Lenny Kravitz song, and she pulls a fan on stage, a male fan, and kind of like does a sexy shimmy. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, she not shut that, that down immediately, like not happy to see her Fuck dancing with her off. guys. Come I know. Um, it's this fucking Spice Girl. Oh, God damn it. So that this this is when things get pretty dark. So on one hand, she starts hosting the X Factor in. Uh, England, good gig for someone like me, which is babe. great gig. She's like, even like shock horror. The Guardian started liking me, <laughs> like so. <laughs> she's she's finally like receiving some public goodwill. Yes. but her marriage is becoming like super abusive. She says she starts using cocaine just to like kind of numb out and mm. get through her days. She describes cocaine as the drug that fueled '90s Brit pop, and that has been a bigger fixture in the record industry than Gibson guitars or iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, okay, weird weird pools is seeing as one defined the re- like early rock and roll record industry and one like basically took it apart. <laughs> but I guess that is the legacy of cocaine. It builds it up and it tears it down. It does.
1: I I just that, that was a sentence that I'm like clearly this is her ghostwriter like trying to get in some sort of like literary flourish. Sure, 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 sure. Whatever. Um so on one hand, once again, like is her doing drugs, especially when she has children, is that, like, super irresponsible and the sign of, like, uh, moral, uh, what's the word, looseness? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Or is she coping with abuse? Yeah. It's, like, a little bit of both. Right um she says that her husband would start kind of like pressuring her into having threesomes with other women Mm. um which she had she basically is like i love women i like having sex with women i love sex i love having sex with men and at the same time like i had all these experiences that were like coercive Mm. that he would film and then Mm. threaten to like release Uh. yeah so like once once you get into that zone it's like absolutely no way but um, he completely isolates her from her friends and her family. Like, she stops talking to her mom for eight years after, like, one particularly bad falling out. She's with him for a long time. Jesus. 2000, 2008 to two thousand almost 18 in the end. Oh, um, This is, I mean, she... She's
0: just, again, she just seems like she craves these <laughs> Ronnie Specter ass relationships of being, like dependent and isolated on somebody. I mean not not to like blame her but that that is like her pathology.
1: Yeah, well I, I don't think she's ever except for maybe that woman that you won't talk about like she's ever had an example of like so, any something kind of going mutual well.
0: or even like some kind of mutual relationship with somebody.
1: She said so this is I just found this was really interesting. She's like Nothing is ever simple or clear-cut. Follow this line and see where it becomes blurred. All of these statements are true. I like sex. I am adventurous with sex. I have enjoyed threesomes. I have initiated threesomes. I enjoy a woman's body and I enjoy a man's body. I have participated in threesomes while being videoed. I have taken drugs. I have drunk alcohol. I have had threesomes to please my partner. I have had no memory of some of the sexual situations I have seen myself in on video. I am frightened when I see myself in some of these videos. I have seen myself used sexually in a way that I did not enjoy or want. So, like, she's talking about, like, some of these things are part of who she is, but then they get completely exploited by this guy. And it's so hard then to try to reconcile that with, like, with the public the yeah. or with him, especially when he's threatening her reputation, because it's hard for her to just be like, I don't like any of that stu- stuff, yeah. because that's not true. Yes. But she doesn't like it when it's against her will. And that is
0: also a position that you absolutely can, is impossible to make clear in any kind of, like, tabloid-based yes. public. Yeah. Cause it, it, all every part of that is so. It's not actually sensational, but in like the tabloid-based culture, like any part of that, that you are like you you can't make that nuanced position of being like, "Hey, I like sex, but I didn't like this sex." Yeah,
1: because that your the, reputation is just like, ah, yes, threesome that, Melanie.
0: And that also, that logic doesn't even exist in tabloid logic that yeah. you can like some things and not categorically li-
1: be a fiend for all of it mm-hmm. or shun all... Yeah, that's why it's insane. It's bad. It's not like, you know...
0: Tabloids are bad.
1: It's it's not... Like, this is maybe... I don't know if this is like a fucked up reference to make, but like Elizabeth Smart, when she... Remember her, the Mormon who was like yeah, yeah. kidnapped and then oh, was... I know. Yeah, I know Elizabeth Smart. So like that was such a clear cut like good versus evil story mm-hmm. because not just because she was a child, but it was because like, she's a Mormon. She's good. Like she's yep. this like blonde angel. And of course she wouldn't like any of the stuff that they were doing versus mm-hmm. like this, this particular story is like, well, of course she likes all this stuff. Like, yeah, well, how could she ever not like she's it? She's a
0: hypersexual sex girl, it's a spice girl. <sighs> she's
1: this, she's scary spice. She's, like, yeah. so I don't know, like as, as much as the kind of repeated, decision-making that leads her down some of these roads. And I understand that that's like, it's hard to wrap my mind around that. I get it in the sense that I think, I just can't imagine how warped her mind must be, especially like experiencing this stuff and then seeing the feedback from, yeah. you know, re- reading the comments as I, it were. I will, I I will, I will appraise it
0: as um sh- she is in a situation in which it is exceptionally easy for her to be put into Inescapable traps, mm-hmm. and she really enjoys walking into those traps.
1: I don't know if she enjoys it.
0: She she sets herself up to. I
1: th- I think you enjoy things when it feels like magical love at first sight yeah. in a Beverly Hills castle with the donkey from yeah. Shrek. You know. I, that,
0: that fucking, that hot the donkey third, that we The love.
1: third one obviously feels, it just, it's darker because yeah, she's yeah. experienced all this horrifying stuff yeah. already being left while you're pregnant. And so this like, one
0: is worse than any of them. I mean, this is, Stephen, yeah.
1: Stephen Belafonte is not, you know, let's go to Coffee Bean and make jokes. Like, this is a guy who scuttled up like a crab and was like, yeah, I can he, make he's your.
0: A, he's extremely parasitic. Person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. A- agency i mean she ta- she talks about this a little bit about like she has made all the decisions she's made but then she's a victim of abuse so things are skewed
0: yes it's skewed it's about impo- it's it's as with any incredibly complicated
1: yeah she said just like talking about the idea of being like an abused woman or abused wife <laughs> this is like a weird <laughs> moment in the book but she's like i didn't She was remembering being a child and walking by a battered women's shelter. I didn't know what battered meant. Battered, to me as a child, had nice associations like like fish fish and chips. (laughs) Uh, um, So obviously all of this abuse kind of culminates in her attempting suicide in 2014. And she... Is like she basically castigates herself immediately after she does, starts taking all the pills, being like, I have kids, like, what am I doing? I'm abandoning my children, like, this is, I can't do this. And so she kind of like, she's locked in a bathroom and has to like bang herself against the door to get herself out and manages to make it to a hospital in time. She appears on the X Factor live finale three days later. Holy shit. Because she's, she likes to work, like, she doesn't want to yeah. not. She, she's like I was devastated that my because I guess in X Factor like you have your own content like yeah. you have your like mentor contestants right. she's like I was devastated that my contestant got eliminated the night that I tried to kill myself like I felt so horrible
0: that's <laughs> an incredibly intense
1: sentiment yeah and she I mean she says she's like always oh, at the end of the day like she loves to work yeah. like she likes to be on stage yeah. it's the only thing that like she has ever made her happy and so I, oh man,
0: poor girl. I mean, I will never be in a situation as like high stakes as that, but I don't know. I can re- I can semi relate as in that no matter what is going on in my uh, personal life, uh, I'm always kind of kind of like, but what the, will this mean for my work life?
1: The show, the show must go on. The show always must go on. You know, there's show and then there's business. The content must flow. The content's got to flow. Yeah. So she. If I
0: break all my editing fingers in something, who is going to uh, to be- Create the content.
1: Is there a program where you can like laser your eyes? Yeah, but I don't know
0: how I would get it installed fast enough to make the three-day deadline for any given episode of the show.
1: I'm just thinking of a situation where I'm going to have to be like the like Helen Keller. You're you're like you've broken all your fingers because you posted too hard, and then I'm going to have to edit. You're going to be like, make the cut there. No, 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 no. There, delete another second. There. Yep. Yep. Take out that um. Yep. I guess that's kind of like what producers and engineers do, anyway.
0: we could do that for each other's work
1: I hope you don't break your fingers I hope (laughs) nice fingers fingers would be a real shame (laughs) if something happened to them (laughs) Um, but she, she finds a silver lining in this X Factor appearance she says I decided I was going to use the biggest stage in Britain to send a message to Stephen to say it was all over so she appears without her wedding ring tabloids go crazy what's happening meanwhile like he's feeding stories to the press he's leaking text messages that he sent to their like family therapist about her cocaine use um, and then he takes her, their kid together and he leaves for LA from London mm-hmm. which she's like oh my god like he took my kid but also he's completely legally allowed to take the kid mm-hmm. who's an American citizen he's an American citizen so this is all like a mess she ends up basically having to like, not having to, but she gets back together with him so that she can he, cleanly leave. Right. So the tabloids are like, oh my God, why is she still with this guy? What the fuck? And in her head, she's like, it's so I can like get in so I can get out. Yes. Amazingly in 2016.
0: So she, she like gets into, so she can do like an amicable. Yes.
1: Uh, and so unquote, she can get her affairs in order. And yeah. And also
0: like get custody and shit like that.
1: Right. And start like, getting her own bank accounts again right, cuz right, right. she she was bank controlling yeah. all of her stuff. She at one point in this re- reconciliation she just she buys Stephen a restaurant in LA. She's like go do this. And she's like yeah it was great cuz like he was there every night like the king of his castle. Yeah. And I could go that do is my shit. That is
0: an amazing trap to set for that kind of guy. Yeah. To, to to like exactly that kind of guy is exactly the kind of guy who's like you know what I bet I'd be great at running a restaurant it's it, it's honestly just like it's it's like throwing uh i don't know fucking cheese down an endless well yes to just follow down because no like ninety nine out of a hundred restaurants are just fucking money pits for some control freak to yeah fucking uh uh endlessly tinker with while it sinks into the bottom of the ocean
1: yes yeah no it's a, it's actually it's quite smart of her yes um when she finally <laughs>
0: If you real if you have the money and you want to get rid of somebody, buy them a restaurant. Buy them a restaurant and yeah. just
1: have them go go crazy. It's
0: it's like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon where you somebody like ties an where you like tie an anchor on a long chain to like some character's leg and throw it off, and it takes like ten seconds for the chain to unspool off the side of the boat until they realize that it's
1: <laughs> yes. Um, when she finally uh, tells him that he. <laughs> They, that she wants a divorce, uh, he responds by saying that they should make a podcast about their divorce. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, yeah, it's a <laughs> this guy's just a classic grade A scammer.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, wow! He kn- well, he understands the grift, though.
1: He's he's a, a
0: number one grifter. Honestly, that podcast would probably do numbers. Our divorce by Stephen and Mel. <laughs> uh, well, you you know what? I, I obviously think this guy's trash, but.
1: Alimony spice.
0: Very, <laughs> a very deep down, from the tiniest, uh, most cynical uh, place in my heart, gotta respect the hustle.
1: <laughs> you do not by any means gotta hand it to him.
0: I do not, but for the. Po- you, can, uh,
1: you know what? Being again, pro can, podcast. You can
0: make a podcast out of anything.
1: Yes. There's probably a lot of divorce, divorce podcasts. podcasts yeah. Are there podcasts of people getting divorced live on Pod? Remains to be maybe, seen. Maybe. But we'll we'll do some research. Is there any podcasts is their wedding? First? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's probably There's got to be an entire wedding themed pot, like a whole genre. Like this
0: that, I mean that seems like maybe in that realm of those uh awful adult baby uh 30 year birthday things that we saw.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, kind of terrible tra- trends.
1: Actually, I mean, I think there's a, a totally a market for people just to do podcasts of like vows, like yeah. some sub- vow submissions read by like gravitas containing celebrities, like yeah, Patrick Stewart or whoever, or uh, Julianne Moore or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, uh, Viola Davis, Alfrey Woodard. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so she gets divorced. She's free. This, I think, she was. The divorce was finalized like not that long before the book came out. So I appreciate her writing this book as like a healing exercise. Uh, she says she's like she she's got her kids. She's still working. She's three got a couple of three marriages. Yep. But Eddie has like seven kids from like nine relationships. Sure. Or <laughs> yeah. I,
0: that on, also on. Surprising. Yeah.
1: Um. She has a couple of fainting goats that she loves. She has the fainting she goats. Fainting goats. Oh,
0: that's adorable.
1: Um, she's a, a Reiki master, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, and also, she literally she had she had a, a tattoo of Steven's name, and she didn't just get it lasered off; she got it cut off of her skin. Oh my god! She had a surgeon. She said she had a surgeon cut the piece of skin off her rib cage. Jesus Christ! And she said, "I will burn that piece of flesh or bury it when I'm ready. The skin is healed. Wait, she's I am still healing."
0: A- chunk of her flesh somewhere on her not on her person but in her personal possessions yeah ready to do some kind of like a ritual purification on it yeah that is fucking metal as hell
1: yeah it's pretty honestly like it's pretty pretty badass that
0: is a fucking heavy metal punchline to this uh to this this whole story that's some
1: heavy symbolism there and yeah. i i'm i'm for it whatever whatever it takes melanie you do you do you i'm believing in love for this woman
0: uh intense.
1: Yeah, that's her life. <laughs> wow.
0: Did not know that Eddie Murphy was a character in this story. I mean the Fun surprise for you. She's got uh again, like heavy uh rhymes with with uh Ronnie Spector's story. Mm-hmm. Uh like these things same same as it ever was. Yeah. Um
1: I mean that's why doing Billy Eilish last week was kind of a breath of fresh air because she's so young that not that much bad stuff yet. hasn't happened to her. And um, hopefully she will be the bad guy. Hope hopefully. Well, then then she's running around traumatizing other people. I guess. But well, I guess it's their turn. Uh, that's just feminism. Yeah, that's just
0: feminism. feminism <laughs> is when you do damage to others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like we've done the done this a little bit out of order because now I am curious to hear what her earlier memoir of her like Spice Girl era mm-hmm. is. I'm sure there's much more like Spice Girls dirt in yeah. that memoir yeah. from this. But I
1: kind of want to do a, spi- a Spice Girl super show. Because there's uh Jerry Rowe one, Mel has an earlier one, and then Baby Spice has one, and I own oh we know us. Posh has one actually. Uh, called Learning you, to Fly. Learning to Fly. Great sure. Yes.
0: Classic memoir name. Yeah. Are they all of the Spice era? Yes. See, that would be more more interesting. Uh though of course it will certainly be colored uh Mel B's experience, colored from where where she went. Yes. Where she went on to. Um well Hopefully, best of luck to Mel. Oh, yes, do you have one more, more thing.
1: in the In the spirit of both this, essentially, this episode having been more of a celebrity podcast than a music podcast, and um, any opportunity, I think this is the first time I've ever seen her name printed in a a tome that we've done for the show. And in honor of Who Weekly, I want to do uh, a, a a Rita. Uh, what's Rita Ora up to? Because Rita's in this book. Oh, Rita Ora is in this Very book? Very briefly. What does she say? Well, what does she do? Mel is just talking about like confidence and being a woman and like being social. And she says, I've sat at dinner with Rita Ora and she's so flirty and confident. You walk away thinking she's the sexiest woman you've ever met. She actually did flash her boobs to everyone at the table, <laughs> but she can completely get away with it because you know she knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> so that's what Rita Ora
0: is up to. <laughs> she was showing her boobs to MLB. Yes. Uh yes, this is a a very uh, deep dive who who weekly esque episode into a a tablet character who is nonetheless a fixture of pop music of the last twenty years.
1: I feel like Rita Orr is like she's like a cor- a courtesan. Is that how, cor- courtesan? Courtesan. She's kind of like a like lady of the mm, yes. of the pe- like she's like a. Or I feel like in Paris like in the 1800s there, like in the empire era there used to be like these kind of women who yeah. like maybe f- fuck Napoleon. She's like a society lady. Like a society lady but like a, a sexy society lady. Who, does,
0: who like knows poems or something.
1: Yeah and like does Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> she knows poems. She has interesting liaisons. She flushes her boobies and she does lots of Spawn with like Magnum ice cream. I
0: just hope that uh Fourth time she breaks this fucking cycle.
1: Go back to that woman who uh, you yeah, had such a wonderful relationship and all, with.
0: And also, I hope that she gets more reality TV gigs because it seems like good space for her.
1: Yeah, um, She's on Dancing with the Stars. Great. She's a she's a perfect late late era reality sh- star of no, our she's time. Per- she's perfect
0: for that thing. She it's like she's the kind of person that her early career was basically only a seed for her to be like. Now mm. I am a general celebrity. Yes. You know who I am. Yeah, I can be a personality. Let me just do it. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that she gets to do more of that that kind of stuff. Um, and then I hope the Spice Girls get together and tour again. Festivals. The, I know the four of them are doing Euro dates. Uh, one of them is not in. I forget who is um. is not doing it now. Uh, but get all of them back together. Do more. Do more shows. Yeah.
1: She said the the Spice story is not over. The Spice
0: story is not over. Yeah. And that's the important thing to remember. Yes. The Spice story is not over. The Spice must. Flow. Spiceless flow. Uh, Thank you. and with that, let's move confidently into the end of the episode. I actually have a bit of business. Do you? I have an email. I have a listener email, <gasps> an email? to read. Uh, this is a listener email from um, from Brendan S. Uh, regarding our Dave Mustaine episode. Oh yeah,
1: Dave Mustaine. Uh, Dave Mustaine. No, A- d- wrong, A- uh, 80s, A- A- 80s metal band. Dave Mustaine. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> that's wrong,
0: that's Van Halen. Uh, Brendan writes that he's been m- making his way through our episodes, uh, and he has some hockey tribute for us. Do you remember uh, yes, Dave Mustaine? Yes, he wrote
1: that hockey song. Okay,
0: so this is what the Brendan disco writes. disco hockey song. <laughs> the disco hockey song. This is what Brendan writes about Dave's hockey anthem. Quote, I can't claim to be an expert because I've been to one NHL game and it was four years ago, but given the timeline Molly mentions, I almost think Crush'em was also an attempted fuck you to Metallica. Okay. They're enemies. Yes. Dave enemy. This would have been around the peak of Mariana Rivera, a longtime Hall of Fame closing picture for the Yankees who always walked out to enter Sandman by Metallica. Okay. From what she said about the book, it makes total sense of that. This was him trying to one-up his one-sided rivalry with a broader anthem. <laughs> so thank you, uh, Brendan, for uh, uh, writing in this <laughs> narrative that Dave Mustaine was trying to say, Metallica, you got your one your one baseball guy. Yeah. I'm going to take all of hockey from yes. Mustaine.
1: Yes. The ultimate spite band.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense because, again, like everything that uh, he does is just pure spite.
1: Yes. Uh, I don't think he, at, at least in the book, I'm pretty sure he no longer is as proud of Crush Him as he was when it came <laughs> out. But I like that song a lot. And I think that more people should do sport specific Anthems. songs. Cause you know what honestly the one of the more recent ones that I'm thinking of uh, is,
0: rem- is it the fucking Lonely Island uh the Bash Brothers song about how good they are at baseball?
1: But that's not a song for baseball games, maybe. What I'm thinking of is the Shakira song Waka Waka that was for the like soccer World Cup. The Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. W- that had that like well, sort World of World Cup
0: always gets its own songs made for it.
1: Yeah. And that's good. That's Except good. Except for
0: when the next the Qatar World Cup comes up, and the the song is going to be like uh, they commission I don't know like Coldplay to be be like we promise we did not use slaves
1: to build this stadium. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. <laughs> That's a and the we promise we is in parentheses. Yes. <laughs> um. More people need to like. Crush him is great. Vindaloo is great. Yes. More people need sport anthems designed specifically for sports. I've had it with accidental jock jams. Yes. Jack White, as much money as he might be making from Seven Nation Army. I don't think he's
0: making, I don't know how much he's making from that being an international sport. I just
1: anthem. don't, it's not the same. We need sports anthems. We need jock jams. We need them now. We need them today. Who can, who can take up the call? Who can do this for us? Kesha? Uh, uh,
0: Lil little Pump? Lil Pump. Mmm. Uh, one of the SoundCloud guys should come out with a an explicit sports anthem.
1: Yes, we need hand claps. We need blaring synths that sort of mimic sirens, but not really. Yeah. We need foot stomping rhythms. We need yelling. Uh, we need catchphrases.
0: Travis, Travis Scott. We got to win. We can't. Well, imagine a sicko mode, but for uh, but for sports. That would
1: be great. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that.
0: Yeah, he's got all those elements in it.
1: Yeah. Just turn instead of sicko mode, it's like winning mode. <laughs> yes, just winner mode,
0: touchdown mode.
1: And y- you know that's what? the funny thing about
0: Drake being the most prominent like rap guy who's into sports right now because uh, the Raptors just won the the NBA thing. Yeah, uh, yeah not literally, no, no music that Drake makes could ever be have anything to do with sports. Yeah, it's no. like the anti most anti sports hip hop. Yeah, which is saying a lot because a lot of hip hop is like. Would be very good for sports. Yeah,
1: can you can we take us out of here with my personal favorite? It's not quite a sport anthem, but it works really well. Bring 'em out by Ti.
0: <laughs> yes, I will cue that up as I get the uh, closing patter <laughs> uh, in order. Great, thank you. Uh, so here we go. It's the end of the episode, and.
1: We got whistles? We got whistles. Alright. Well,
0: this has been another episode. You can follow us on Twitter at and intro pod. You can send us an email at and introducing pod at gmail.com like our friend Brendan S. who has email I just read. Uh, our SoundCloud is as always at SoundCloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. And you should rate and review us while you're there, too. But like only if you're going to be positive, positive vibes only. Please. We're, uh, we're Miriam Mindset on the uh, on the ratings page. And I have noticed that we've gotten uh, three or four new ratings in the last week. Uh, ratings and reviews. Uh, thank you very much if you have left those. Yeah. If you are Ferrara Vine, League Commissioner, wins all around. Uh, Thank you for reviewing us. Uh, Apparently, it helps people find us on iTunes, whatever. I don't really care. You know the only thing I care about is telling a friend. Yes. And if you are any of the lovely people that I met in England, in Manchester, in Dublin, who told me that you are fans of the show, who told friends about it, thank you very much for coming out. Yes. You warmed both me and Molly's heart talking to us. did. So, with that, we will leave you with a little leave them out. We'll see you again in another two weeks here on And Introducing.